Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, this is TV Pilot Reviews, where we review new pilots for you. But guys, this week, there's just nothing new on television, which sometimes happens. But we have a very, very exciting show because we're reviewing some amazing old pilots. So stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to TV Pilot Reviews here on AfterBuzz TV. What you're hearing right now is the theme song to Tina Fey's iconic hit show 30 Rock, um, a show that's generally hailed as being one of the best comedies of all time. That being said, today we're talking about its pilot, which isn't always hailed as one of the best pilots of all time, but we'll talk about that. We're viewing two pilots, actually, guys. We're viewing 30 Rock, as you can guess from the song. And Fox's recent show, The Grinder, that many say was canceled much too soon. But before we get into all that, guys, my name is Jeff Graham. If you want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. And I have two intelligent, beautiful ladies sitting across the panel for me that I would love to feature. Hi, guys. <laughs> I am Linda Antwi, and you can find me online at Linda's So Girly. Hey, guys. I'm Sam Davidson. You can find me online at SamD43, Twitter and Instagram. And I'm in the live chat. So let us know what you think about these great or not-so-great pilots. Linda and Sam, how are we doing today? Excellent. Good. I'm excited about this. Me too. D'Angelo, we miss you, but we'll see you soon. Um, Just so you guys know, this will be our last show until the new year, so we promise to make it a good one. Um, And as I mentioned, we're reviewing two old pilots. I want to start by talking about the 30 Rock pilot. And the reason I want to start with that pilot is because I pulled a quote from Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants, that talks about it. And it's just a nice kind of thesis statement, I think, for our show. Have you guys read Bossy Pants before? I have not. It's pretty good. I would recommend it, especially as someone who considers himself a smart, empowered female go-getter in media. I think it's a really well-written book. And it is on my list. Good. Amazon. It's great. Uh, but I want to read, she talks about the 30 Rock pilot in her book. Um, and I want to read this quote. It's a little long, but I think it's really interesting. And it's kind of, I think, again, an encapsulation of our show. So here we go. Tina Fey says about the 30 Rock pilot, I wrote what they call a pilot, which means you write the first episode of what you hope to be a long series. Pilot scripts are particularly difficult to write because you have to introduce all the characters without it feeling like a series of introductions. You have to tell a story that's not only funny and compelling, but also dramatizes your main character's points of view and what the series would be about thematically. Love, work, investigating sexy child murders in Miami, (laughs) etc. If you want to see a great pilot, watch the first episode of Cheers. Interesting. She says that Cheers is the best pilot. So maybe we should watch it later in our show. It's charming, funny, and well-constructed. If you want to see an awkward, sweaty pilot, watch the 30 Rock pilot. I will not be joining you because I never want to watch that mess again. I'm, I know. So she does not like the pilot. I met with several... Uh, the rest of it is interesting, but maybe not super relevant. We can maybe go back to it later. But either way, Tina Fey is not a fan of the 30 Rock pilot. That being said, what were your guys' overall reactions to the 30 Rock pilot? Uh, rewatching it, you know, because you're a fan of the show. Yes, I love the show. It's one of my favorite shows. Rewatching it right now, it was funny because I kind of feel like I know what 
went wrong. And I feel like I pushed through the first episode because I binged it and it was like five years ago. I have to watch this. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think she's being way, way too hard on herself. And actually, when I was Googling this week the worst pilots for the best shows, Cheers actually came up. Oh, interesting. And I feel like she was doing something similar, um, but we'll get into how she did it. But she was hard on herself, but no, it wasn't the best episode. It wasn't yeah. great. What's your experience both with the show and with this pilot, Linda? I love the show. Okay. And, uh, but I, I caught on to 30 Rock later. Mm-hmm. So watching the pilot was actually new for me. I had not seen the very first show. Okay, gotcha. Um, so you've seen some of the series, not all of the series. Right, Fair. so I jumped in like halfway through. Yeah. And... I actually really enjoyed the pilot. Good. Okay. I thought it was like a, a messy, fun train wreck. Yeah, for sure. It's it's not a perfect pilot, but I thought it was pretty good too. It's funny because I hadn't I'm a super fan of Thirty Rock. It might be my favorite show of all time. But just so you guys know, the reason we picked it is because what we wanted to present to you was two co- contrary examples of television episodes. So one example of a decent pilot of a great show. And one example of an excellent pilot for a canceled too soon show. Yeah. Which a lot of people say the grinder was, which we'll be getting to in a minute. But either way, yeah, I think the 30 Rock pilot's good. It's funny, I think in this little blurb, she talks about how hard it is to write a pilot, which we talk about all the time on the show, right? You've got to establish characters, again, without making it feel forced. You've got to establish dramatic tension, introduce potential arcs for the season, but also close doors, but also open doors. And I think narratively and thematically, she handled it really well. It's not the funniest episode of the show. I think that would be my complaint, is it wasn't necessarily a very funny episode. So I feel like, I'm sorry, but with your experience watching it, you know, having watched a decent amount, but never the pilot, never the first few seasons, it's like, this pilot was made for you. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many new characters thrown onto us. You're probably watching it thinking, oh, yeah, that's funny, I know him, I know... I know her, I know how they end up being, so it's funny to see their introduction, but as somebody that has never seen the show before, the introduction to the characters in this pilot, it's, at least for somebody like me, I'm like, who, what, where, why, oh my god, there's so much going on, there's just too many people. I agree with you. I think that because I was familiar with the characters, and just like you said, Mm -hmm. knew where they ended up, I thought that it was interesting how they all kind of just smashed together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially uh, Tracy Morgan's character, Tracy Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I, I didn't know his history, like the beginning of really? it, so that was really funny I still me. laugh, I swear. As I was watching the Tracy, Morgan's part, Tracy Morgan part, I was scrolling something on Facebook, and then a Tracy Morgan meme just like popped up, like nice. just the character. And I was like, God, I just see so freaking funny in this show. It really was. Really yeah, was. he's great. I think Tina Fey was really smart to cast the way she did. Um, it's... But it's interesting. Do you guys know much about the development history of 30 Rock? Well, I was reading because I was really actually interested in that specifically. And yeah. I was reading online that she actually tailor-made this character for Tracy Morgan mm-hmm. based off the fact that she was working with him on SNL yep. at the time. And so she really, like she said, this is you and then we're going to make it you because she found that he was over the top on it on SNL mm-hmm. and wanted to bring that character on the show. Definitely. I mean, like... Obviously, in a pilot, you want to have a normal world established and then introduce a disrupting force to completely turn that world on its head. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she thought that Tracy Morgan was the perfect person to do that. And then they said also, too, for the tri 
convection. Oh, the the convec the tri the tri the oven. Yeah. Yeah. So the trivection oven that he was the third heat to it. So uh-huh. like they did that whole metaphor thing, which I thought yeah. was really funny. Pretty smart. I mean, mm. like I think even when the pilot kind of falls short comedically, you can sense the wit and just intelligence of Tina Fey's writing. Yeah. I mean, like, woman aside, whatever, she's such a good writer. Like, she's really, truly one of our smartest comedy writers. The Her Mean Girls musical, which is premiering this mm-hmm. year, is getting amazing reviews right now. I mean, no one's surprised. She, she only puts out not only popular but critically well-regarded content. And I think you can sense the genius of her show, even if it's not the funniest episode of the show to me. And I feel as though maybe where this lacked, which is she's a writer who wrote this also acting in it mm-hmm. starring in it directing it or no she didn't direct this but. no she, I don't think this one but like yeah. she needed to give herself some more time because I feel as though we're obviously following her story as her world is completely interrupted mm-hmm. by Alec Baldwin's character so I wanted to maybe see a couple scenes of like what was her other life like maybe sitting at home with by herself you know just kind of like this is who we're following yeah and this is why we're, it could have been a one minute scene yeah, it does feel a little rushed. I think the pilot feels a little crowded. Like, I think we don't get much Jenna, which for someone who loves the show, Jenna is such an essential part. And interestingly, do you guys know the history of Jenna's character on the show? I don't I think I do. Think I might. I think that uh, the actress originally was not played by Jane, mm-hmm. right? She was yeah. played by someone else. Rachel Dratch. And then they replaced really? her. And then Rachel was... Like some bit character mm-hmm. on the girly show. She, well, she appears in almost Ooh. every episode of season one of Thirty Rock. What? So, in fact, Julia. In the meantime, if you could pull up Rachel Dratch Thirty Rock pilot, I would love to show a little bit of what it kind of looks like for you guys. But interesting, re- interestingly, um, you'll notice if you watch the first season of Thirty Rock, Rachel Dratch appears as a bit part in almost every episode yeah. because she essentially promised this pilot because Tina Fey and her, you know, are best friends and grew up. In IO together developing, which for those who don't know, Improv Olympic, uh, Second City actually, but a big improv school in Chicago, they were developing shows together, kind of producing partners. Tina Fey wrote Jenna Maroney for Rachel Dratch and didn't test well. And we have some of the footage. Actually, if you want to go ahead and pull it up. I've never, I mean, uh, she's a cat lady and and yeah, she does come out throughout a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, See, there should be something from the actual show. Sorry to make you do all this um, digging, Julia, but if you can find original 30 Rock pilot or something, uh, it's somewhere. But either way, it's interesting. So Tina Fey did end up writing her in as bit parts, and in this pilot, she plays the veterinarian, Uh the cat trainer. Um, And she also wrote the part for Jack Donaghy with Alec Baldwin in mind, and they were shocked when he said yes. (laughs) I mean, and so was SNL probably when he said he played Trump every time they want him to. It's pretty awesome. But I love Alec Baldwin, by the way. Oh, I do too. My brother's name is Alec, and uh, I don't know. Just ever since my brother was born, I swear, it's like I love that man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My mom said she named him after him. Actually, I have a fun fact that uh, when this uh, pilot aired in two thousand six, it finished third in its time slot, so it didn't win. The night that it aired? Yeah, makes sense. It got a lot of good good positive reviews, but it wasn't like a super winner for NBC at the time. Well, and I will say this show, if you guys are watching the live feed, I'm actually texting our engineer because I found it. Juliet, if you can, I just sent you the link. Maybe you can find it on the computer as well. But um, the show was never really a critical hit for NBC, which is interesting because... 
I, I don't know. It's almost like Arrested Development in that sense that maybe it was just a little too fast-paced or even smart for people to really catch on and watch week to week. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I kind of just feel like you need to know the genre and also maybe like SNL mm-hmm. because this is essentially about her experience, Tina Fey's experience on SNL. And it's just so funny. I, I didn't know that about Rachel Drash. And I, Jenna, is that's not Jenna. It never was, never could be. I know. And you can feel it. We'll just have to... Oh, wait, here we go. Sorry, guys. I just were so close. Um, but yeah, either way, it's it must have been... It's Rachel Dratch has been candid about what it was kind of like to have that part and then have it taken away. She actually has another amazing memoir called Girl in a Bar. Girl Walks into a Bar that I would recommend. But let's go ahead and talk about some of the specifics of this pilot. We meet... Um, Liz Lemon. I almost forgot her name. <laughs> we meet Liz Lemon right away, and the very first thing we see is this hot dog interaction. How do you guys feel about this being the first thing we learn about Liz Lemon? Not great because yeah. I'm not. I'm like I'm not. I'm not thinking. Oh, that's me. I mean, I get the struggles of everyday life, but I just kind of feel like, oh, you're a Scrooge, kind of. Yeah. You know? That's. But. I just, I need someone happy to follow, which it, you know, I get there, but that's, I love it. I love your face when I talk sometimes, Linda, because it's just like, you're so polite, but you're like, not at all. That is just, I disagree so much. I know I can never hide my facial expressions. (laughs) It's good. I try, but I can't. Um, I loved it. I thought that, because first of all, I love New York City. I love Uh everything about New York City, and... I thought that that would be a real thing. Like, that happens. People, like, push you out of the way and uh-huh. are really aggressive and assertive, and they think that the world revolves around them, not just in New York, just in general. So I felt like that, as a character, that would happen. Uh-huh. I loved it. Tina Fey's very smartly self-deprecating, I think. I think when she writes her characters, rather than making herself, even as the hero of the show... We learn, I think it's a perfect encapsulation and a smart way to introduce her to her character because on one hand, we can applaud the fact that she's like a warrior for justice, mm-hmm. right? Like her intentions are so good. She like doesn't like when people cheat. Like that's objectively on paper a good character trait, but the way she goes about it is just so stubborn and, you know, kind of makes you roll your eyes. And over the top. Over the yeah. top. And it's like, it's a, such a smart, I think like writers should take note of an example of showing us something good about a character in an unflattering way yeah. is, I think, a smart comic choice. Mm-hmm. We do have some of the original um, footage pulled up. Juliet, would you mind showing us? This is Rachel Dratch, originally the unaired 30 Rock pilot. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. That's Pam! Overly confident, morbidly obese woman. Going again, please. Thank you. This, uh, Liz, they want you oh, wow. Different Surrey, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a... They said now. Wow. It's very different. I know. I just want to get a little bit of her actually in character. Jenna DiCarlo gets the best dressing room. Oh, Jenna DiCarlo was her name. a couch and a microwave and a private bathroom to be used by no one but her. Stars. They're just like us. <laughs> not in the original pilot, right? No, not at all. Here we go. Josh, for hey. hey, what happened to your head? <sighs> this guy is falling. Listen, do you have a pair of dress pants or like a skirt or something I could borrow? Thank you, Lee. Oh, I got that apartment. The two-bedroom on Jane Street? Yeah, I had to pay a sick deposit because it's a co-op. 
but I'm psyched. I mean, I'm living in New York. I have my own TV show. I mean, dreams do come true, right? <laughs> Overreaction Jackson is next. Oh, who's that? That's a network dude. Huh, not two shabs. Looks like Scotty from General Hospital. No, Jenna, do not like that man. That is a bad man. God, you're the gift. <laughs> Laura Bush is your size. There we go. That's good, Julia. Thank you very I much for finding work that. with Tracy Jordan. Pretty different, huh? Completely different. Yeah. I had no idea. Isn't that weird to watch? Yeah. And I feel bad because she's obviously a friend of Tina, and she's Tina Fey's amazingly talented, huge fan of hers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it makes so much more sense with Jane Krakowski. Right. It's crazy. I mean... I think that's the problem is Tina Fey and um, Tina Fey and Rachel Dratch are almost the same type. And what's hard is in a sitcom, there's sort of only one, there's only room for one of each type, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so, like, Rachel Dratch is an amazingly talented, smart, funny actress, but she's not really the kind of, you know, like, sort of quote unquote blonde bombshell character that Jane Krakowski. And I think you sort of need that to play opposite of Tina Fey. Yeah. I- yeah. So you just need contrasting, you know, that's what makes those two women also so funny. Whoa. And yeah. also, you know, makes them pop more, each of them individually. That's mm-hmm. what I was gonna say. Each character, because they're all so different and you don't have a bunch of them, they stand out more. Right. Mm-hmm. And in thirty minutes, that's gonna be a lot if you have the two of the same characters. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. So um yeah, it's I just think it's really interesting and un- Another thing that's interesting about this pilot, and actually about the show in general, is some people say that while a great writer, Tina Fey doesn't always deal very delicately with race. And I feel like there was a couple times in this pilot where I was like, I can feel that this is 10 years old. I don't know, did you guys feel that at all, or? Um, you know, not that I can think of when I rewatched it today, I just thought it I don't know. What do you tell me? Well, I mean, because I have the SNL history, and I, I I didn't think about it, but now that you say it, mm-hmm. I can kind of get what you're saying. Like when they are at the strip club, mm-hmm. um, and when he decides that he doesn't want to eat at this place because he doesn't like this place, but then he's going to go to like a African American place and he likes it, and it's all the stereotypes. Right. Yeah. But then I didn't know if they were just being over the top because right. it's very SNL ish or if it was like a little weird. Well, that's the question in comedy is like, where where is the line? And like, you know, I, I didn't necessarily, I'm not the audience that would necessarily get offended by that. Yeah. Like, it's not. I was going to say, like, I wasn't offended by it, but of course I'm not going to be, I'm not going to speak But I wasn't for community. offended by it, though, either. That's yeah, true, yeah. I wasn't offended by it at all. I, uh, Again, all. it's the SNL. I yeah. Think the yeah. SNL part it's of it. It's broad humor. Yeah. 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 But just talking about Tracy Morgan still, I, this, to me, every, I took a class on pilots at UCLA, like, a year and a half ago, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a journey of a new person kind of coming into this. And there's several new people, of course, Jack and Tracy Morgan, but it's it's uh, Liz Lemon's story. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that Tracy Morgan, again, is just, the second half of the pilot is way better. Yeah. And you you go, oh, I'm going to like this show yeah. once, once he gets into it. I agree with you. I think that he, if you can steal a pilot, he stole the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Like, he just really, he popped right away, mm-hmm. and then he just carried on. 
You're right. I agree. What's interesting is I feel that Tracy fades a bit as the show goes on. Yep. Like the series? Yeah. And I think Jenna pops a lot more. Yep. Jenna, Jenna's hardly in this pilot at all, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And even Jack is, I mean, Jack's in it enough. Like he does his job, but Tracy's really the major. Yeah. Right. I'd say he steals the pilot to mm-hmm. agree with you, Linda. And I think his importance and role on the show kind of shrinks a bit as the show goes on. I think so too because that's where and that's what's funny to me is because again I don't have history with the the older shows but like season I think it's seven seasons so like let's say season four and five he starts to kind of just be boring almost like not that excitement that I saw in the pilot right and then do you remember the the season where he had all the entourage all the time yeah like that season I was like you're doing a lot of nothing yeah that's what I thought. He's not the most dynamic character. So, like, when you get Tracy, he's a very round character, but there's not a lot of change, I don't think. Yeah. Which is maybe why he gets a little, maybe, quote-unquote, boring yeah. as the show goes on. Yeah. Well, this show, too, is so meta to me, yeah. as is Grindr. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very, it's like, we're a show within a show, mm-hmm. and then we're introducing Tracy Morgan into the show, and he spices the show within a show up so much that it's like, we have a great show here. Right. Mm-hmm. It's literally almost three shows within a show. Yeah. And I love it because it's, what's happening on the show, we're seeing... Uh, what is it called? The girly show? The girly show, yeah. Yeah, and I think that changes, but as we're seeing that get better, it's like our show gets better. 30 Rock. You're right. That's very meta. That's true. I do like all the corporate satire stuff. It's like we're seeing all the elements that are going to really hold the show together. So... Yeah, to me, it's a it's a pretty good pilot. I've definitely seen worse comedy pilots before. I think Tina Fey is hard on herself. Yeah, I think so, too. The Parks and Rec pilot is, I think, significantly worse than the show. In a greater disparity than this show. Because Parks and Rec is an amazing show with a pilot that's not, to me, great. But I mean, I don't know. I don't... I know, like, one day I'll get that show. It's yeah. like, I just want to get it, and I don't. And yeah. it makes me sad and feel bad that I don't. But um, I, I watched the entire first season of that show. And first season of Parks and Rec is not great. Well, that's the thing. When someone says, watch <laughs> the first season of the show, and then afterwards, it's going to suck the whole time, and then maybe second season you'll like it. I'm like, that's a lot of time to waste. It, it's, well, it's six episodes in season. It's a couple hours. And that's know. why I watched it in one day. I'm thinking, like, how did I do that? But I know I did There's it. a pop culture critic. I like a lot named Linda Holmes who says just go to season two just start with season two you can go back and watch season one later so and that's fun it's like flashbacks yeah exactly <laughs> uh, well of course we're not talking about Parks and Rec we will be talking about the grinder but before we move on did you guys have any last thoughts about the 30 Rock pilot I just want to say that Jack McBrayer mm-hmm. favorite mm-hmm. character it's great oh, love yeah. Kenneth it's, it's I kind of identify with Kenneth I feel like we're both like the doe-eyed spirited weirdos oh that's so cute yeah that's yeah, cool. I loved him. That's all I wanted to say was that I loved him. Yeah. And then, oh, fun fact, because we talked, we didn't talk about it, we did talk about it. Uh, it was directed by Adam Bernstein. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Because he, he used to direct SNL, which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, another show within a show, of course, because SNL is, like, behind the show, within right. the show, within the show. Lauren is the big producer. It's Lauren, yeah, Michaels, Lauren Michaels, who, of course, guys created uh, SNL. So, yeah, oh. I think... Go ahead, Linda. Sorry, I have one thing I'm just looking at my notes. Uh, so... A lot of the talk back then, too, was uh, the product placement mm. uh, with this G, this oven thing. Yeah. And this was kind of considered one of the openings to product placement in TV shows. Interesting. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. sitcoms, especially, sitcoms. I'm sure. And that what, what they actually did was this product was a real product. And so during commercial breaks, GE, who owned NBC at the time, uh, 
had the commercial of that same product. Wow. During the, so during it was the pilot. Very so, close to what was happening. No, you know? exactly. Yeah. That's what made the show so interesting was it was kind of a fishbowl into NBC. Like, yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. you got to see some of the behind the scenes. I just, yeah, I really like that show. I, yeah. I feel like not since has a comedy really reached, to me, I, Modern Family, I think, is close, but not quite what 30 Rock was. But. Yeah, and level. just yeah. so you guys know, it was taken off of Netflix, sadly, but they're all on Hulu. They're on Hulu, yeah, so you can watch there. Something to you, do over the holidays. Absolutely, and it's a very easy binge, and if you guys are fans of 30 Rock or not fans of 30 Rock, let us know, or haven't seen it, let us know in the comments what you think. Half the fun is doing this with you guys, so we'd be curious to hear what you think, and of course, you can tweeted us um we'll give you our twitters and names at the end of the show um before we move on to talking about the grinder guys i do want to let you know about another amazing exciting tv show history channel's vikings have you guys seen this show i've not that's okay i've heard a lot about it it's way it's surprisingly very very good it's kind of like history's first foray into scripted content and it's like for their first scripted show it's amazing if you guys haven't watched history channel we're currently in season I think four. Let me read this to you because it'll have more solid information than what I can give you off the top of my head. Guys, history's critically acclaimed series Vikings premiered with a two-hour season premiere on November 29th, and it's airing every Wednesday at 9 p.m. on History Channel. Season five begins with Ivar the Boneless asserting his leadership over the great heathen army with Ligurtha rain- as Ligurtha reigns as Queen of Kattergat. Ivar's murder of his brother Sigurd sets the stage for vicious battles to come as Ragnar's son plots the next move after avenging his father's death. Bjorn follows his destiny in the Mediterranean Sea with Floki, who is suffering the loss of his wife Helga, and they take to the seas and submit themselves to the will of the gods. This season is full of startling alliances and unbelievable portrayals as the Vikings fight to rule the world. They're the prophecies of the seer, and if you enter the lair of the seer... You can dare to meet a terrible fate. Additionally, Jonathan Rise Myers, who you guys might know from the Tudors and mm-hmm. from August Rush, he's great, joins the cast as Bishop Hemond this season, and this season is only five episodes. It's the critically acclaimed show from creator and soul writer Michael Hurst, who won an Academy Award and an Emmy and a Golden Globe for the Tudors. It makes sense that Jonathan Rise Myers is a part of it. Check it out. That's Vikings on History Channel. Watch it. Wednesdays at 9 p.m. I'm a big Great fan show. of uh, Jonathan Reese Myers. Many ladies fan. are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you guys have ever seen a Match Point, I think you would be too. That's the Woody yeah. Allen movie, right? Yeah, with Scarlett Johansson. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, guys, let's go ahead and talk about The Grinder. Um, what I would love to know is had you watched the show already, and what did you think of the pilot? So I remember when it came out, I think I think I might have worked in management at the time, so I was watching all the pilots early. I knew it was supposed to be a big one. Um, I think maybe I watched a couple. I watched a couple today, too, just to remind myself, you're right, great pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really... The second episode is... Because I watched that today. I don't know. It's just the second episode. But yeah. I, I didn't, didn't get picked up for a second season, so... Yeah. I loved the show. I used to watch the show. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan. Yeah. And I was sad to see it go. Yeah. Do you like the pilot? I love the pilot. Yeah, it's it's a really solid pilot. I was laughing out loud a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about what do you guys are th- what do you guys think are some of the specifics about what make this pilot good? Because I was having trouble kind of putting my finger on exactly what I thought made it such a strong pilot. Um 
again, I love shows within shows. Yeah. So that's always fun. The social commentary, just especially about actors yes. and crime shows. Crime shows, which again, I love. I love lawyer shows. You yes. know, just freaking love that stuff. And I love Rob Lowe. And right. it, I don't know. It was just a great mix altogether. It made me kind of sad to think, <laughs> God, all of these, you know, Fred Savage. They're so successful and right. so epic, and what they're just gonna have to wait another few years till they make another show because this failed. Well, Fred Savage is in uh, Friends from College, oh, which yeah, I, love I that show too. oh god, that show was divisive. <laughs> I liked Friends from College, but I also kind of hated it. But I also am very excited for season two. I love that show. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? He kind of plays a similar kind of character. Yeah, like, he sure does in the show. Now that I think of it, um, I also I agree with everything you just said. Um, I also think that the irony throughout the pilot makes it really interesting. Yeah, specifically kind of like the the heavy editing and the music cues. Is that kind of what you mean by the irony? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, I love that stuff. I think that's, to me, like, right from the top when we see his show, it's funny, right? Like, I love... I think Fox in general, I gotta say, they have a lot of great half-hour comedies and a yeah. lot of shows that mm-hmm. don't live as long as they should. Um, Adam Paley's show, Making History, was great. Um, I love Last Man on Earth. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think, is great. A lot of these tonally specific comedies, and we talk a lot about tone on this show. I think of all the networks, Fox, to me, is most able to really kind of embrace a tone that might not be typical for a network comedy. Yeah. Like, I think, like... It's their stuff is more offbeat than I think what a lot of what we see on NBC and ABC, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe why their shows have smaller audiences. Um, but like you could almost see Grinder being on like a Comedy Central or FX, just because the tone is a little quirkier and more satirical, mm-hmm. I think, than what we see on like an ABC or NBC. Yeah, I mean, or even a Hulu or a Netflix mm-hmm. now, because what I like about their original shows, especially their comedies. Or that they remind us of shows we love on all the big networks, but they're not. And they are able to do that, go that step further. And I don't know, all the pop culture references. And they're not afraid to offend the middle of America, right. you know, dad that comes home and just like puts up his feet. Because that's a lot of the time the people that watch the shows that mm-hmm. are on, especially CBS, ABC, NBC. I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day. So right. I feel like a show like this, especially with such big stars, if it was pitched right now, almost 2018, it would for sure have been on probably Hulu, maybe Netflix. Netflix, it, maybe. It wouldn't have gone to, to Fox. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you're right. The show has a little more edge than other network comedies, but it's also a very clean pilot. It's very tame. It's something about the tone and sort of the sardonic wit that I think gives it an edge over other network shows. It's interesting because I'm having trouble placing my finger on exactly what it is, but the show is more interested in satire and, you know, and I guess 30 Rock is the same way, which also was NBC, but it's interesting just sort of the arrogant character and the brothers butting heads and just the editing choices and the making fun of the tropes of lawyer shows. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So funny. And I mean, it's a very interesting concept because I'm not going to lie. I watch a lot of lawyer shows. Yeah. Me too. And sometimes, and my brother's a lawyer. Actually, this is funny. My brother's a lawyer and he sees me watching these shows sometimes and I get so into it and he's like, what the hell is that? Like, what are you doing? And in my head, I'm thinking like, I could do that. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, it, and they handle it's like a, a well-structured pilot because of course it all comes together at the end. Mm-hmm. 
And and I, you know it's going to come together. Yes. That's the joke. Yeah. But it doesn't come together in exactly the way you expect it to, as it never does on a lawyer show. Like, there are just levels of meta humor in this show that I think are sort of similar to 30 Rock. Yeah, and it's probably maybe before it's time. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think that, because I remember when this got canceled, and so air date, uh, September 29th, 2015, and that year... They were all the networks were slashed. There were so many new shows. They were slashing so many shows. Like I feel like if this show came out in a different time, it would have gone way further. I was pretty surprised when it got canceled. Mm-hmm. I wonder because it actually did okay in ratings, not great, but I mean, like compared to other Fox comedies, none of them are juggernauts. And I mean, they have Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? But it's like they almost felt as though they had to choose one. But think about these huge people behind these shows. That's why I was surprised, show. because both Fred Savage and um, Rob Lowe um, were EPs on the show. And how do you tell them, hey boys, this it's show that's it, it's over. You're our two biggest people on this network right now, and it's it's not happening. I know. Anymore. Yeah, and. Yeah, I just, especially because you, re- I really feel like that show would have captured an audience. Mm-hmm. You just got to give it two or three seasons, mm-hmm. but I guess it is what it is. And I, I feel like it might be, I don't want to say an L.A. show, but like a West Coast kind yeah. of thing. Because we like, I think generally watching shows about shows, we like shows about entertainment. Right. We find it fascinating. I feel, but the thing is, that's what I liked about the show too. Is that you know we had the father who is the lawyer, right? That is so into his son. That's the actor. He thinks it's so cool. So I almost wish America felt that same way. Like, oh, we don't know about this, but it's so cool. Show us. Well, it takes place in Boise. It's not like it's taking place in L.A. That's what was interesting. Yeah, it, it, I felt it was almost like showing America, like showing us, showing America. Watching what happens in Hollywood. It's so crazy. Away from Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like, it almost, you feel like it would have been like the surrogate show mm-hmm. for the Midwest. Mm-hmm. But I guess it just never caught on. Oh, I guess God. not. And it's also funny because I wouldn't have thought it would be a very expensive show to shoot. I mean, the stars, probably Rob Lowe specifically. Yeah. Were a little pricey. I'm sure, but I would just think because they were EPs in the show. Like, I know Jack, I know um, Alec Baldwin, speaking of 30 Rock, said, I will come back for a season seven, even if it means taking half of my pay. Like, he was ready to get a salary cut just to make the show continue, so. God, I love him. You, you, are you a big Alec Baldwin fan? Yeah. We even do. when he got in his yeah. words with friends fight with the, you know, stewardess on the airplane, I still thought it was hilarious. I'm a little mixed on Alec Baldwin, <laughs> personally. A little bit, yeah. I mean, he's a great actor. Whatever. I think he reminds me of my dad, which is kind of messed up. Uh, you know, it's like we love him, but kind of an asshole. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is why he made a great Jack Donaghy. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Dad. He's not watching anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, either the one thing I liked a lot about the Grinder pilot that I realized today is um, even though it's kind of sarcastic and witty, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sweetness to it, too. I think his relationship with his wife is kind of special. His relationship with his wife and the relationship with the children mm-hmm. and how it's like the nuclear family plus even the granddad, they are always together, it seems, mm-hmm. right? And they always come together, at right. least in the pilot at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think what I needed would, like the big butt to that whole joke, it's like, oh, look how well everyone works together, as if this was on Showtime or HBO or something else where next thing we know, you know, Rob Lowe is doing something 
I don't know, like banging some girl in the kitchen. And it's like, oh, God. You know, and the kids see it and they're like, oh, uh uh-oh. And he's like, get out. You know, That's so what have happened on Showtime. I mean, exactly. I just feel, I, I just wanted that extra step for everyone to be like, this guy's out of control. Yeah. But they couldn't really show that. But as the series went on, he did get a little bit more. Did you watch the whole... I've seen like three or four, oh, okay. yeah. He got a little bit out of control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, actually, a lot out of control. I was... I yeah, I didn't... I've seen, four, I think, the same amount as you, Jeff, but I was worried about him and uh, the wife a little bit. Him and, him and the... From my memory, him and the wife are fine throughout. It's his relationship with his brother that continues to deteriorate a little bit. Yeah. Gotcha. And causes the problems because he really feels like he's a lawyer towards <laughs> the end of the series. For like, some reason, Linda, I thought you were going to say he stays platonic with him and his wife, but with his brother, that's where things oh really heat up. And I was like, oh, the show took a turn I did not expect. <laughs> so uh, young Faya in the chat said, why Fox? The grinder was great. Yeah. So you agree. Great yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who have seen The Grinder, let us know what you think in the comments. If we're missing something in our discussion, we'd love to know. And let us know why you think it got canceled, because to me, it was the biggest surprise cancellation. I mean, I think Grandfather had also got canceled. I just, yeah, Fox was brutal That's that what I was season. saying that yeah. year. They slashed so well, many new shows. John Stamos and Rob Lowe, and essentially, I, know. I mean, it... They did too much that year is the problem. Maybe. And they had to kind of slash everything. Like one one season, you know, you bring in your Rob Lowe, you bring yeah. in your John Stamos. Don't have the two of them. Right. They're basically the same person. They kind of are the same person. I think they go to the same plastic surgeon, possibly. Same oh, with Ryan wow. Seacrest. Yeah. They look great. Yeah, fair enough. Same uh, one I use too, so. Yeah. I already have an appointment with him in five years. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, too, during that time, there was a lot of shift between like cable and streaming yeah. and a lot of shows. So I think that the networks were freaking out. Mm-hmm. And it's That's unfortunate, a really good point. It's unfortunate that this happened at this time because I think they lost not just the, the grinder, they lost a lot of great shows mm. during that time. Bloody season. It was a bloody season. I remember. Yeah. And that's a really good point because like Kimmy Schmidt was supposed to air on NBC that year. 2015 and NBC passed and Netflix said yes and look at that show you know it's award winning popular enough I mean I, th- I would consider yeah. it Netflix's staple comedy yeah, yeah definitely yeah. and it makes very you th- well. yeah and it makes you think like what if that moment had happened for a grinder or exactly. a grandfathered or yeah it was maybe a too transitional and panicked of a season for networks to hold on to shows and that's a fun fact to go back to 30 Rock because Tina Fey uh, pitched this show in 2003 to NBC, um, more of a like a network series, not behind the scenes, and they turned her down. Mm-hmm. They asked her to retool it because she had a production deal with them, yep. and she retooled it, and a few, two, two years later, 30 Rock. So yeah, had they not Rock. said yes again, we wouldn't have this iconic comedy Wow, show. That's true. And sometimes it's good to be rejected, obviously, to get the right thing. Because the timing is important. Yeah, timing, yeah. and I mean... It's almost like Bitcoin, guys. Back then, nobody knew what was going to happen with Netflix and Hulu. I mean, we knew it was going well two years ago, of course, but it's blown up specifically yeah. in the past two years. So it's, you know, taking It is funny because Netflix feels like an institution, but it's like five years old. I mean, like, obviously it's been around for a while, but in terms of the original the content, content, Orange is the New Black is in season six. 
Season one, that was its first original show. Mm-hmm. Actually, sorry, House of Cards, but one of those two. It's either one of those shows. I think it was House of Cards. I think Orange is the New Black came after. Right, yeah, quickly yeah. after. But it's, I mean, now Netflix is leading SAG nominations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That just came out today. So fun conversation as always, guys. Yes. Always fun to talk pilots with my brilliant co-panelists. Um, guys, this is TV Pilot Reviews. Today we talked about two arguably similar pilots, one for a longtime successful show and one for a canceled show. Talked about Tina Fey's 30 Rock and then Rob Lowe and Fred Savage's show The Grinder. Check those out. If you haven't seen them, let us know what you think. Uh, we will be back in the new year. We're taking a bit of a hiatus, guys. Um, nothing, no new pilots are airing anyway. So um, that's all right. You guys can hang out and just enjoy your Hanukkah or Christmas or Kwanzaa or whatever you celebrate. Uh, my name is Jeff Graham, guys. If you want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. And I can't wait to see you all in the new year. I am Linda Antwi, Linda Sigurli, all over social media. And yeah. I'm looking forward to the new shows and yes. the pilot shows. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm so excited for all of the new shows. Honestly, I wish I could watch them all over the break. But you guys can find me at samdavidsonentertainment.com, Twitter and Instagram at samd43. And let us know what you think of these shows and all of the shows that we've done, you know, in the past few months. Absolutely. Guys, we thank you for tuning in as always. We wish you very, very happy holidays. And we will see you in 2018. Executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.